You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. I'm very excited for our next two guests uh, who are from uh, Western North Dakota, the Ukrainian Catholic parishes out there. They're part of the same eparchy I'm part of. I think I've shared on the show before that I'm a Ukrainian Catholic in formation uh, for the diaconate, and one of my classmates, in fact, is uh, one of our guests this morning, uh, Father Deacon uh Tony Holt, as well as Father Marty Nagy, uh, and they're at uh, St. Demetrius in Fairfield, North Dakota, and St. John the Baptist in Belfield. Um, and we're going to be speaking about the great feast of the Theophany, which is my favorite uh, feast of the church calendar. Uh, but before we get started with that, I should say Christ is born. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Father Marty and uh, Father Deacon. And uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, each introducing yourselves, I guess we start with Father, Father Marty. Hello. Uh, so I'm Father Marty. I'm the priest uh, at uh, St. John the Baptist and St. Demetrius in Belfield, as uh, was already mentioned. Uh, so uh, I moved here from uh, Arizona, part of Chicago Eparchy, uh, a late vocation, uh, just ordained uh, a couple years ago. Uh, spent uh, my uh, first part of my ordination as a Deacon serving at St. George Cathedral in Lviv, and then mm. came back to the United States and was ordained a priest, and uh, I was sent out here. Fantastic. And uh, Father Deacon? Uh, yes, my name is Father Deacon Tony Holt, uh, also go by Deacon Tony, uh, and uh, uh, I'm at St. John the Baptist and St. Fair- uh, uh, Demetrius as well. I'm newly ordained. I'm the I'm the newest ordained deacon in the eparchy. Uh, I was ordained in October, and I've been in the parish for coming up on four years now, uh, and uh, very um, honored and blessed to be able to serve um, in this place. And I, uh, before we get uh, too far down the track, I spoke with uh, Father Deacon last night, and originally uh, I was going to have you on a few months ago when you were ordained to the subdiaconate, um, and uh, now, you know, praise God, you've been uh, uh, ordained to the, to the diaconate, uh, but uh, you said that maybe you wanted to share a little bit about what that experience was like as a subdeacon. A lot of our listeners um, might not be familiar with that. Uh, in the Ukrainian Catholic Church, uh, just like a lot of the other uh, Byzantine Catholic churches, uh, we've uh, retained the minor orders uh, that uh, the Western Church kind of got rid of after uh, the, the Second Vatican Council. Um, and we're, we're kind of in the process of reviving those as more permanent ministries. So uh, for minor orders, I am an ordained uh, reader in the Ukrainian Catholic Church, and then after that is the subdiaconate, and then, you know, uh, diaconate, priesthood, and, and bishop, obviously. Uh, but, uh, Father Deacon, uh, you said you, you kind of want to share a little bit about the subdiaconate. I know we don't have many uh, in our eparchy that are, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, permanent or, or long-term, I guess might be the better word, uh, subdeacons, but it is kind of a ministry that I know is, is uh, close to our bishop's heart as something he'd like to, to revive as more of a, a longer-term uh, ministry within our eparchy. So could you share a little bit about what that experience was like as a subdeacon? Yes, indeed. That's it's one of the things that uh, the Second Vatican Council has called us to do as Catholics is to, uh, for the Eastern Church to especially, to rediscover 
deeper roots. And so the subdiaconate is really reaching back uh, deeper into our, our roots. Uh, it's a historical ministry in both the Western Church and the Eastern Church. Um, it's an active, it's been an active ministry in the Byzantine Catholic Church, in the Byzantine Church all along. Although over the centuries it had, had fallen into a fair degree of disuse, but it was still present. And when we go back into the early church and we start looking, we read in the writings of, uh, um, uh, uh, uh Pope St. Gregory the Great and uh, uh, Pope St. Leo, uh, uh, we read about uh, the subdeacons there. For example, we, we read about subdeacon Anthemius. So this is uh, in about the 500-year uh, range that we're talking about. And then if we go back even further, you know, in a Western reference, we have about the time of Pope Stephen, uh, in uh, uh, we have a we have some writings uh, from the uh, that are coming out of Rome in the early fathers, and they're speaking about the subdeacons in Rome there specifically. And then if we go across to North Africa to uh, uh, St. Cyprian of Carthage, he writes about a council. He writes in about the year 254 about a council that took place a few years earlier and identifies that there were several subdeacons present at that local council at that time. So it's an ancient ministry of the Church, and what it is is it's a ministry of assistance to the Church. It's a ministry of assistance to the deacons and to the bishop. Um, we see them being tasked with um, um, uh, being sent to distant places to bring aid, for example. And uh, in our modern time, we see the subdeacon really as a missionary within the parish. The subdeacon is the uh, is the one that is going to greet the people, greet visitors, help people in the church. And so I really uh, enjoyed my time as a subdeacon because it really could experience that ministry of service inside the church. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. And uh, I think we uh, we would be remiss, I think, uh, without sort of maybe explaining uh, what the what the diaconate is uh, within our church. I think uh, some people in the in the Latin Church are familiar with with what deacons do. Uh, in fact, a few weeks ago, I spoke with the director of the permanent diaconate here in the diocese of Winona, Rochester, and we sort of walked through what deacons do on the the, the Latin Catholic uh, side of things, Roman Catholic side of things. Uh, would you mind kind of explaining? What, uh, what deacons do in our church, in the Ukrainian Catholic Church? Yeah, yeah deacons, uh, uh, deacons serve uh, an almost identical purpose in the uh, function, I should say, in the, uh, in the Eastern Church and the Western Church, although we have, uh, as we see in many things that differ between East and West, we see a slightly different emphasis. So a deacon is referred to as a concelebrant in the Byzantine Catholic Church. Um, there's a... There is a ministry of prayer within the Divine Liturgy, the Mass, the Divine Liturgy, we can use the two words interchangeably. Within the Divine Liturgy, there's a specific ministry of prayer, there's a, uh, there's a specific intercession, there are parts that are distinct to the deacon uh, uh, when we are celebrating the liturgy um, with the priest. Um, so that is something that's going to be unique, but we're going to see those same uh, areas of visiting the homebound. We're going to see the same ministry of um, bringing Holy Communion 
to the sick when the priest is not available. Um, the deacon is, first and foremost, the assistant to the priest. So the deacon is always present at all of the sacramental action. So whether it's anointing function, uh, uh, whether it's uh, baptism, whether it's the, uh, uh, the liturgy uh, of, of the divine liturgy, the Mass, we're going to see the deacon always there present and assisting uh, with the sacrament. But that, that helping the poor, the helping the needy, uh, that ministry of prayer for people, we're going to see that there being a, a tremendous amount of overlap between the deacon in the Byzantine Church and the deacon in the Roman Church. Beautifully put. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Nick Medelsky and Melissa Scacio here at St. James Coffee in Rochester. Uh, we're speaking with Father Marty Nagy and uh, Father Deacon Tony uh, Holt uh, from uh, Western North Dakota, the Ukrainian Catholic parishes out on that end of North Dakota. Uh, so, uh, Father Marty, I wanted to ask you a little bit about what, uh, because you're not... Um, we talked about this last year. I was just talking about, you know, I interviewed you about a year ago about the same topic, but uh, you're not uh, ethnically Ukrainian. Uh, so what was the what was the experience like, I guess, going to, uh, because you kind of finished your time in seminary in Ukraine and then, like you said, served your diaconate in uh, St. George's Cathedral, right, in view. So could you talk a little bit about that experience, what that was like? Yeah. And so that was part of... Uh, so the bishop had uh, three motivations. He wanted me to, to learn the liturgy better. We have an excellent liturgist who's the proto-deacon at uh, St. George Cathedral. But he also said he wanted me to to move around among the people as much as possible so I could understand uh, the Ukrainian culture and the glory of the, of the Ukrainian church. And it was really a beautiful experience, not only meeting the people, but just seen the devotion there. So I was there throughout uh, the Great Fast and uh, Pascha, Easter, and uh, Pentecost. And uh, it was still a bit winterish when uh, we had Easter and Palm Sunday. The cathedral, uh, there's no pews in most of the cathedrals, and people were crammed together, shoulder to shoulder, in the Mm. cathedral. And I still counted a uh, hundred people standing outside the cathedral in rainy or snowy weather for two hours through the whole liturgy. There was such a devotion there. And it wasn't just the cathedral. There were other uh, churches there that told me they had similar experiences where the churches, even big churches, couldn't hold all the people. So I was just really impressed with the devotion of the people there. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, that's, like you said, that's an experience that... Uh, our, our bishop has been very uh, emphatic on having our seminarians for the eparchy have that experience, and unfortunately, that's kind of uh, delayed uh, seminary formation for a few of the guys uh, because of the uh, the situation in Ukraine right now, the war. Unfortunately, if they're uh, American citizens, they're not able to necessarily study there at present. Uh, but uh, as you said, it's it's an important uh, you know. Uh, to to go back to the uh, the mother church, so to speak, right, and have that experience of what the faith is lived like in Ukraine. Hmm. Yes, and and I, I still talk to people on a regular basis from Ukraine, and I'm just uh, amazed at how we can learn from the the spirit of the the people. I mean, I've heard some brutality that I would never repeat, but everybody I talk to, they say. 
Uh, we know you're praying for us. Uh, continue to pray for us because we see miracles every day. So nothing in the war has damaged the faith of the people. In fact, mm. they've really leaned into the Lord even more. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, well, it is uh, time for a break. If you're just tuning in right now, uh, Nick Medelsky and Melissa Scatio, I promise I'll let Melissa ask more questions the second half here. I'm just listening. It's great. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're speaking with uh, Father Marty and uh, Father Deacon Tony uh, from the parishes, the Ukrainian Catholic parishes in Western North Dakota. And we come when we come back from the great. When we come back from the break, there we go. I got those words out. Eventually, we'll be speaking about uh, probably my favorite feast of the uh, liturgical year, Theophany. So stay tuned here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. And uh, I remember when... uh, they came around looking for donations at the churches when they were trying to get it started. And it really hit me when, I don't even remember who it was, came around, but it was just like, I think that I need this. Because I wanted to be be fed. Uh, I wasn't taking time to read my Bible or any of that, but I just knew it was like, well, if I could listen to stuff on the radio like he talked about. And so it, it was everything that it said and more, you yeah. know, in all reality. It so. doesn't take a lot of effort. To turn it on. It does not take a lot of effort. You know, sometimes, really, it, I'm going to back up on that and say it, it, it almost does. Because if you want to be drawn in and contemplate what is all being said on the radio, there's a lot of stuff that gets kind of deep. It's like, well, it makes you contemplate. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, okay, am I, am I ready to, to take this food in and digest it and all that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the spiritual food. So, yeah, it's it's been, it's been really good for me from from my faith walk. This is Mrs. Hingle, the first grade teacher here at St. Philip's Catholic School in Bemidji, Minnesota. Please pray with us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Uh, welcome back to Real Presence Live with uh, Nick Medelsky and me, Melissa Skacio, coming out of St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. I'm so excited because I know nothing about the Ukrainian Catholic Church, so like I'm excited to get to ask some questions. Um, we're talking today to uh, Father Marty and then Father Deacon Tony. Um, from somewhere in the Dakotas, right? Western North Dakota. Western North Dakota. Yeah, I'm not big. I've been in Fargo once for like 10 minutes. So like, yeah, yeah, not very familiar. Other end of the state. Yeah, that's, that's way out there. So uh, Father Deacon Tony, if you could please explain, I'm really confused about why you're Father Deacon. And then we've, we've said the word now proto-deacon and sub-deacon. So like, what's happening is basically probably what every Latin <laughs> Rite Catholic is wondering. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, uh, 
making a quick note here so I don't forget to touch on the various uh, things that you asked. In the Byzantine Catholic Church, we tend to use uh, uh, the word father with uh, more broadly than it's used simply in the in the Roman Catholic Church. So, for example, a fully professed monastic will be referred to as father. So, my friend Father Theodore uh, uh, is a professed monk, but he is not a priest. But in his monastery, he is referred to as Father Theodore. Uh, uh, when I was in Chicago after my the uh, ordination to the diaconate, a uh, subdiaconate. I was walking on the street, and I had my. I was walking between the cathedral and my car, and I had my cassock on, but I wasn't wearing my cross, a cross because I'm not a priest. Uh, uh, and so people on the sidewalk addressed me, "Good morning, Father." Good morning, Father. That's right here in Chicago, in the United States. But I was in Ukrainian Village, uh, the, the area that surrounds the cathedral in Chicago, immediately. And so that was the normal and comfortable expression for people to greet the deacon was, Good morning, Father. And so deacons in the Byzantine tradition, just like monastics, fully professed monastics, carry the title Father, Father Deacon, so that there's a distinction, so that no one will come and ask for confession, for example. Uh, uh, but that is just the title of respect, uh, uh, in the same way that we uh, uh, that we use deacon in the in the Roman Church or the or, or the uh, or in the uh, the Byzantine Church in the Byzantine tradition. So protodeacon is the um, uh, protodeacon and archdeacon are used interchangeably often for the first deacon of the cathedral or the first deacon of the eparchy. So they're the, the senior ranking deacon. Uh, that's where we use the term protodeacon, archdeacon, or deacon are all interchangeable as deacons. Those are men who have received the sacrament of holy orders. And it's a good distinction that a subdeacon is uh, is not ordained to the sacrament of holy orders. It is referred to as an ordination, but it is not an ordination to uh, holy orders. It's an ordination to a ministry. And that's an important distinction. We have the exact same sacraments in the Byzantine Catholic Church and in the other Eastern Catholic Churches that uh, is shared in the Roman Catholic Church. Thank you. That makes a lot more sense. And so uh, we only have a, f a few minutes left uh, together, um, so I guess we should uh, fast forward and get to Theophany. Yeah, I know, because all I can think is Theophilus in the Gospel of Luke. So, oh yeah, <laughs> if we could explain what Theophany is, that'd be great. Okay, so Theophany, uh, Theo is the Greek word for God, so Theophany uh, basically means an appearance or manifestation of God. The Roman Catholics call it Epiphany, which means uh, manifestation. Mm -hmm. And so Theophany is an important feast for a couple reasons, because it reveals a couple of aspects of, of Jesus and God. First of all, uh, we have uh, at his baptism, which we celebrate in Theophany, uh, the Father and the Holy Spirit coming down in the form of a dove, and Jesus 
uh, in the water uh, with John the Baptist. And so we have this manifestation, this revelation that God is a trinity uh, working together and uh, one uh, with one another. But we also, uh, Jesus is walking among us. So it's also revealed to us that Jesus is both fully God and fully human. So being, having taken on humanity, then he has raised up humanity. Not only has he healed it, every part of his uh, divinity that has touched humanity is healed and redeemed, but he has raised us up so that we can uh, be adopted and united with the Trinity. And so he has taken our humanity and magnified it into his uh, divinity. So it's a really important piece for some really important aspects of us. And so, and so it makes sense that we venerate saints then because they have been uh, divinized, as it says in the uh, Roman Catholic Catechism, we call it theosis. Yeah, absolutely, and I love the the way it's uh, the the poetry of our hymns associated with the Feast of Theophany about you know as Christ re-sanctifying all of creation, you know, going down into the water. So instead of the water sanctifying Christ as baptism does for us, right? He is in fact sanctifying creation, and and there's just so many beautiful hymns and so much, so many beautiful parts of it. Like I said earlier, it's my favorite feast. Uh, probably one of my favorite parts, though, is the great blessing of the waters. Uh, which is kind of the the main feature of the day, uh, besides the Divine Liturgy, obviously, uh, but uh, kind of the main feature of the day. Could you explain a little bit about what that is and why it's, like, this is the the, the only time or, or one of only a few times a year that, that this is carried out, right? Yeah, so uh, so sometimes on, on different times, like uh, the, the patronal feast or something like that, they may bless water. But, yeah, so... Uh, uh, so you're right, uh, Jesus steps into the Jordan River, River and sanctifies all the water throughout the, the world, and so we bless this water. In fact, we call it the, the Jordan water. Um, the, the priest uh, 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 dips uh, a, a candle in, uh, he blows on it, uh, he signs it with the cross, all uh, symbols of the, the, the Holy Spirit and uh, Jesus. Um, and uh, then uh, the water not only is, is blessed, then uh, the people are blessed with the water, but the, the people also uh, take it home uh, to drink it through the year when they might be uh, feeling ill or for blessing to bless themselves with. And each year uh, we uh, visit the, the parishes and bless their homes uh, with that water. Um, and even traditionally, theophany is often celebrated outdoors in different parts of the world. And so when that water is blessed, uh, say, a river, then the idea is that it flows out to the whole world and all the waters of, of the world are blessed. And that's uh, that's uh, beautiful that you, you mentioned that part because here in Minneapolis, at our parish, St. Constantine's, we do the, the, the great blessing of the waters in the church. Um, but then afterwards we go nearby to the Mississippi River, which is, you know, kind of one of the big rivers here in the United States. Kind of. Like, yeah, not the big of, river. Right? The, the biggest big river. river. 
And, uh, <laughs> and we, we bless the Mississippi River. Father blesses the Mississippi River, Aww. which I always thought is such a cool thing, you know, to think of all the people along that river and that blessing carrying on to them. It's just such a beautiful Aww. thing. Um, and uh, so I, I did want to mention that. So thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Aspect, I lived in Father, La Crosse. I didn't even know blessed water a, was coming. Gave me a, a natural segue <laughs> into that. Um, it's time for a, a preview from Fabulous Fargo. Uh, Teresa is going to tell us about tomorrow's show. So uh, take it away. Yeah, coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 Central, Karen Slunsky and Father Craig Holkalter are your hosts, coming to you live from St. Anne and Bismarck. They'll share updates of what's happening around our listening area. All this and much more on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 Central. And I wanted to uh, share... For our listeners, anyone who's who's near-ish to the Minneapolis area, you're more than welcome to join us. Um, 8.30 a.m. is when we have liturgy, and after that will be the great blessing of the waters and then the, the blessing of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can uh, you know, stop by our parish uh, over the weekend if you'd like to get some of that theophany water like Father shared. Is it like uh, in a gallon? We, we drink it. It's in a big, big old vat. Oh, so you could like yeah. bring a gallon and fill it? Oh, cool. Yeah, so we, we drink holy water and use it in cooking oh. as well. Um, as opposed to the Roman Catholic practice is more to, to cross yourself, which we do as well. Mm-hmm. But, but that is one of the, the slight differences. Uh, so, uh, did, Father, uh, before we let you go, would you, uh, my, uh, what time is uh, liturgy at your parishes? And then if you'd give us your blessing. Okay, so uh, at our parish, uh, we have, uh, on Theophany, we have uh, 8 o'clock at uh, uh, St. Demetrius, 6 o'clock at St. John in the evening. On Sunday, we have 9 o'clock liturgy at St. John the Baptist. And the blessing of the Lord be upon you with his grace and love for humanity. Always now and forever. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.